Lesson number 160, Surah Taha, Ayah 41-76. Was Musa salam's life very easy? The overview of his life that's given over here, was it easy? From the very beginning. Imagine as a baby, what happened? Taken away from the mother. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala returned him to his mother. He didn't grow up with his family, he grew up in the house of Fir'aun. Difficult, but there was something beneficial in that. He grew up, imagine a big mistake, a mistake like murder. You killed someone by accident. Even good people can make big mistakes. It is possible. Imagine a prophet of Allah, he's chosen for prophethood, but he had killed someone by accident. That's fine. Because human beings are human beings. They make mistakes. But what do we see in the life of Musa salam? That nothing happened in vain. This was all according to, according to plan. ثُمَّ جِئْتَ عَلَىٰ قَدَرٍ يَا مُوسَىٰ Because you see, sometimes in life we think that why did this happen to me? How come when I was a child, I never knew who grandparents were? I wish I knew. I wish, you know, everybody talks about Pakistan and Somalia. I've never even been there once. I wish I grew up in my home country. And I wish everything was fine. Or I wish this had happened and that had happened. Remember, the way things happened in your life, that is exactly how they were meant to be. For your own good. So you have to find purpose in your life the way your life is. You have to make something, you have to do something in your life the way your life is. Don't try to change everything and don't wait for things to change so that you can do something. No. You can still do good. You can still bring a lot of good. ثُمَّ جِئْتَ عَلَىٰ قَدَرٍ يَا مُوسَىٰ O Musa, all of this happened according to plan. And also what is mentioned over here, وَفَتَنَّاكَ فُتُونَ Futun. It means endless, continuous trial. As if those tests were never ending. Problems were never going away. You know, one problem barely ended that another began. You know, for instance, Musa grows up and finally, okay, he's an adult and he can be himself. And what happens? He goes to help somebody and he kills someone by accident. And then he has to just get up and leave immediately. And he ends up in Madian. And there, he spends 10 years of his life. But one problem after the other, remember that it is training us. Because look at the next ayah. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? وَاسْطَنَعْتُكَ لِنَفْسِي I have produced you for myself. I made you Go through all of these tests and trials and difficulties. Times when you were alone. Times when you could not defend yourself. Times when you could not help yourself. I made you go through all of this for a reason. I was training you. You were being trained. You were being produced for a purpose. For a heavy responsibility. For a task that only you can perform. Difficulties train us. When we go through Difficult situations in our lives, there are many things to learn. First of all, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is testing us. What do we do in that situation? 
And secondly, remember that each hardship makes you stronger. It makes you a better person. If you deal with that hardship with the right mindset. With the right mindset. You know, there's four mindsets that we could be in. One of four. One is negative spiral. That a person is absolutely unhappy with how he is now, with the work that he is doing, and he's got no goals for the future. So negative spiral. You're going deeper and deeper into negativity. You'll never be happy. Another mindset is reality trap. Current reality trap. That a person is happy right now, alright, but they have no plans for the future, nothing that they're looking forward to. So this is also not ideal. Why? Because you're not striving towards a purpose. You're okay right now, but you have no goal. You're not going to produce anything. You're not going to contribute. You're not going to bring benefit neither to yourself nor to the people around you. Another kind of mindset is that you are unhappy right now, but you do have goals for the future. You are struggling right now. You are in stress. This is stress and anxiety. You are in stress. You are anxious right now. You find what you're doing very difficult. But you have something to look forward to. So that keeps motivating you. And the fourth mindset is flow. Being in a state of flow. That you're happy now with what you're doing, with what is happening. And you also have something great to look forward to. You have grand you know, plans for the future. And these are the people who are most productive. People who have this mindset. That okay, whatever is happening with me right now, I can't modify it, I can't change it, but I'll just accept it, I'll deal with it. And I have something better to look forward to. And such people are productive. And this is what we need to learn. That no matter what difficulty, what trial we're going through, remember Allah is training you. This difficulty is going to be good for you. Because in Allah لا يضيع أجر المحسنين Allah does not waste the reward of those who do ihsan. So you're finding it difficult, but still you accept, you're happy with the state you're in. You're dealing with that challenge for Allah's sake. Allah will not waste you. Allah will improve you. He will improve your condition. And He will make you do something good. But you have to surrender yourself to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have to surrender yourself to the decree of Allah. And this can only happen when we have faith in Allah. That Allah will never decide something bad for me. He will not decree something evil for me. Even in hardship, there will be ease. Even in difficulty, there will be good. وَفَتَنَّاكَ فُتُونَ And nobody has it easy. Right? People who do great things in life, they don't have easy lives. If you look at the prophets, did they live easy lives? Look at Zakariya So old, he doesn't even have the strength to speak out loud. He makes dua and khafiya. Look at Maryam. Yes, you're in labor, but shake the tree. Let the dates fall on you. Look at Isa a.s. He talks to people and they call him a liar. Yahya a.s. He was killed. He was killed. Imagine being a prophet and yet being killed. By who? Your own people. And look at the life of Musa a.s. Difficulty upon difficulty. But this is what we need to remember. وَاسْطَنَعْتُكَ لِنَفْسِي I have chosen you for myself. And when you realize that, that this is not going to go in vain, Allah will reward, inshallah there's something better stored in future, then really, you will find Allah's help. 
you will find Allah's help. Just watch this video and you'll see how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helps His servants who trust on Him, who leave their affairs to Him. This is Sheikh Yahya you know, Ibrahim. I'm a student at the University of Toronto. I was in my second year. And as you guys know, I was telling you yesterday, I was doing geology, chemistry. And I got really interested in forensic science, you know, CSI and all that kind of stuff. So I was doing, I thought, oh, I'll do a minor in CSI kind of stuff, forensic science. And initially, you're allowed to do the first two years of it. And then they wash out, they kick me out. They said, no, sorry, Mr. Ibrahim. After your psychological profile, we can't have you on. You're not fit for the job. You know, there's certain criteria. They're right. I don't like blood. <laughs> so I don't know what I was thinking, right? So here I am in this forensic science exam. And I'm taking forensic science with, he's still teaching. You can Google him. University of Toronto, Professor Mellonby. And he's the department head. And it's forensics 239 the course and we came to a module about forensic psychology and I had an exam and it coincided with Jumu'ah prayer and I was asked to be the Imam of Jumu'ah at a far away masjid from where the university campus is 20 minute drive at least even if I'm super quick so I call up the masjid and say brother Yahya this is really you know we, we have no one else you have to come I said, Ikhwan, I got an exam. Please, brother. I said, okay. Let me talk to my professor. I ring up. Can I come and see you in your office? Yes, come, Mr. Ibrahim. I went. I said, listen, you know, um, the exam starts at 1, but we have Friday prayers at 1. And because I'm praying at a mosque in Mississauga, which is a little bit of a distance from where we are, uh, it's going to take me at least 25, 30 minutes to get here. And the exam, it's a 50-minute exam from 1 to 150. It means I'm only going to have 20 minutes left. Do you mind if I take it from 12, you know, and as soon as I'm finished, the next set of students will come in. I won't be able to talk to them. He goes, Mr. Ibrahim, we're not here to meet your, uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. Either you're there or you're not. Whatever time you have left is the time you have. We have no extensions. And I said, all right, thank you. And I thought, it's okay. I'm going to go do my Jumu'ah. And after Jumu'ah, I said, Salaamu Alaikum, Salaamu Alaikum. I was running, jumping over people, got in the car, flying. And I got to the university, double parked my car. I said, if I get a ticket, it's okay. Just threw my car. And I ran. And I got there 140, 140 something. Ten minutes left. And he smiles at me as he gives me a... You know that smile, right? Oh, thank you very much, sir. Yeah, thank you. And I sat down and I thought, okay, look, let me do as many... And it's multiple choice. You know the, the multiple choice card that you put through the computer that scans it? Do you use those here? You just fill in the circles? Yeah. I read the questions. It's a, a psychology and psychiatric component. I read it. First answer, C. I was like, cool. Second one, C. I was like, oh, that's all right. Third one, C. I was like, something's not right. But I don't have time to go back and read it. Fourth one, C. One minute left. Fifth one, C. And I thought, 30 seconds left. 
I just put C, 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 C. 80 questions. And I just put the whole thing C. We come back after a fortnight. You know, we have a holiday after exams. Come back after a fortnight. And Mel B is red in the face. He looks like a dinosaur. Ready to bite my head off. And I'm sitting, I don't know what's happening. And he goes, um, this was supposed to be part of a, your psychological component. And we wanted to do something different this year. We made all the answers to see who would doubt themselves. Because you're not going to put in C for 80 questions. But because I never read the questions, I just would say C, C, C. <laughs> and I said, Wallahi, that's from Allah, right? 100%. And when he gave me back that exam, <laughs> and it had 100, and I'm sitting there, and he goes, uh, we won't be doing this again because... <laughs> Because, you know, uh, certain things happen that cause statistical irregularities. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's a law, brother. <laughs> you keep your statistics, man. <laughs> right? 100%. And honestly, you know, when I tell that, I honestly say it in, in reality, in my heart of heart, in my belief, that that is Allah helping an individual who chooses something for Allah, right? And I got an A in that course because that exam was a 40 mark exam, 40% of my final. And I knew I was being graded a little, I was still doing well, like I was still, I get back my exam, you know, B plus, when it really is an A paper. It really was A, but I get like a B, a B plus, you get that sometimes, right? And that exam put me over the top. I was like, yeah. That's how we do it. Muslim style, brother. <laughs> so what is Muslim style? Trust in Allah. Hmm? Circle C's. Okay. So that is Muslim style. Trust in Allah that whatever He's decreed for you, there will be good in it. Even if you don't see anything good right now, there will be good eventually. And every story in the Qur'an is a testament to that. Look at Yusuf a.s. And now look at Musa a.s. How his life is just, you know, spinning out of control. Things are beyond his control. One thing after the other is happening. فَتَنَّا But ultimately, it's all good. Ultimately. Why? Because وَاسْطَنَعْتُكَ لِنَفْسِي I have produced you for myself. This word istana'atuka is from the root letters sad, noon, ain. And sunr is to manufacture, to produce something, to construct something with one's skill. You know, for instance, something that is made in a manufacturing plant, you can't make that at home yourself. Why? Because you don't have the same skill. You don't have the same equipment. Correct? You can make something that's close to that, but you can't beat that. You can't reach that same level. So sunnah is to produce something, construct something with one skill. And sunnah, when it's used for a person, that they were produced, they were manufactured, 
What does it mean? That they were nurtured. They were looked after. So for example, it is said, Suni'atil Jariya. Jariya, meaning a young girl. So Suni'at, meaning she has been made really well. In other words, she has been looked after really well. Because imagine a slave, alright, a child especially, being sold from one family to another, one owner to another. You can imagine the physical state of such a child, right? Weak, doesn't have the right weight. But Suni'atil Jariya is when a slave, a young girl who is a slave, but she has put on weight and she looks happy and she's running back and forth, doing her work. What does that mean? That she has been, she has been nurtured really well. Somebody has been looking after her. Likewise, she has been trained really well to do her job properly. So somebody has been caring for her. This is what sunnah is, when it's used for a person. And is tana'a, what you see over here with the additional thought, is tana'a, is to rear, to look after, to train, to educate, to discipline a person for a particular task, for a particular job. And it also signifies exceeding the usual and ordinary bounds or degree in training someone, in putting something in a good condition. All right. So for example, a servant, for instance. Who cares about their clothes? Generally, people who hire servants, they don't really care about their clothes or their food or anything like that. I mean, if you've gone back home, you've seen how poorly servants are treated. Extremely cold and they're not even wearing slippers. They're not even wearing socks. They're not even wearing warm clothes. They're getting cold food to eat. They don't even have a proper bed to sleep on, right? But if you see that a servant, somebody's been, you know, really taking good care of them, then you find out that this little girl even knows how to read and write. You can't even tell by their appearance that they are a servant. So the person who's hired them, it shows that they've really gone beyond, you know, above and beyond in order to look after their servants. They've done too much good to them. They've trained them really well. They care for them. So, وَاسْطَنَعْتُكَ لِنَفْسِي Ya Musa, I have prepared you, I have produced you, I have trained you for myself. Everything that happened in your life happened for a reason. And this was all part of your training. And really, the way Musa was protected, and the way he was taught, no other person was taught and protected like that in his lifetime. Which other child of the Bani Israel grew up in the house of her own? Seriously. Who else from the Bani Israel left Egypt and spent many years of their life somewhere else? They couldn't. They were all slaves. I've trained you. I've made you. I have educated you for myself, meaning for my work. And what an honor these words are. Allah is saying this to Musa alayhi You've been trained to do my work for my service. Not for the service of men, not for the service of some human being for Fir'aun, no, for me, for Allah. And this is the greatest honor that a human being can be given. And it's given to those who seek it, who want it. So you don't know what to do in your life. You don't know whether to go right or left. You don't know whether to proceed or to stop. You don't know how to handle the challenges that are coming your way. Ask Allah, Ya Allah, you show me. You tell me where to go. You tell me what to do. You guide me. And be hopeful that Ya Allah, you guided me before, you guide me now. 
You guided Musa a.s. You guide me as well. You know like the scholars that would make dua when they could not understand something. They would say, O one who taught Ibrahim, teach me also. O one who gave understanding to Sulaiman a.s. Give me understanding also. Be hopeful. Ask Allah for His fadl. Was'alullaha min fadli. Instead of losing hope, ask Allah. وَاسْطَنَعْتُكَ لِنَفْسِي اِذْهَبْ Go. Anta, you, wa akhuka, and your brother, bi ayati, with my signs, meaning with the miracles that I have given you. Wala taniya fi dhikri. And do not slacken in my remembrance. Look at the urgency over here. Idhaba, go, quickly go. Don't delay anymore. Fir'aun has transgressed a lot. Go and do your job, you and your brother. Wala taniya fi dhikri. La taniya. The alif is for dual. Because Musa and Harun, both are being addressed over here. And the word la taniya is from the root letters wa, noon, ya. Wina is to become weak. To lose your spirit basically. You know for instance, you're doing something, initially you're very energetic, you're very enthusiastic, you're looking forward to it, and you do your job really well for the first three, four days, but then what happens? You begin to slow down. You lose that vigor, you lose that energy. This is wina. Does this happen with us when we're worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? I think it happens especially when we're worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know for instance, you go for a taraweeh and you're like, first rakar, really good. Second rakar, really good. Third, fourth, really good. And by the fifth one, you're like, let me go take a break. And then you're counting, literally counting down. And you keep looking at the clock. Why? Because you are losing that Vigor, you're losing that interest. You're becoming lazy. And so it's difficult to even stand. You decide that you're going to read one juice, for example. And what happens after five pages? In the morning, you begin with the dhikr of Allah. You say your adhkar, you do extra adhkar. And then what happens as the day goes by? When you lose your vision, then what happens? You forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also. When you forget why you are doing what you're doing, then you forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Musa a.s. is told, وَلَا تَنِيَا فِي ذِكْرِي Don't become weak, don't slacken, don't become negligent in my remembrance. Does this remind you of something we learned in Surah Maryam? وَاسْطَبِرْ لِعِبَادَتِي That sometimes you have that energy and you want to, you willingly worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But then there are other times when you have to Kick yourself and make yourself do it. So, لا تَنِيَا فِي ذِكْرِي Don't slacken in remembering Allah. Don't become negligent of Allah's dhikr. If you have to, if you must, then force yourself to remember Allah. Because without the remembrance of Allah, you cannot work for Allah. You cannot do something for the sake of Allah. وَلَا تَنِيَا فِي ذِكْرِي And you see, when you do dhikr of Allah, then you remain focused. You have courage also. And this is the reason why we learned earlier that the believers are told that when you face the enemy in battle, then remain firm and وَذْكُرُ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا Remember Allah much, لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ So that you can be successful. اِذْهَبَا Go, both of you, إِلَى فِرْعَوْنَ To Fir'aun, إِنَّهُ طَغَى Indeed, he has transgressed. Again, there is a sense of urgency over here. Don't delay anymore. He's committed so much transgression. Get to your work right away. 
Do it already. Look at the zulm that he is doing. Look at the people that he is oppressing. فَقُولَ لَهُ And then both of you say to him, قَوْلًا Word that is layin, that is soft and gentle. Speak to Fir'aun words that are layin. Lam ya noon. Lean, soft, gentle. Why? Why speak to Fir'aun gently? La'allahu, perhaps he yatadakkaru, he will be reminded, he will take heed. Aw yakhsha, or maybe he will develop fear of Allah. Maybe. There is a chance. But there is a chance when you will speak leniently. Have you ever dealt with a person who comes across as very arrogant? Hmm? Who who doesn't want to accept their mistake, who's just looking for somebody to blame, and they found you as an easy victim, so they blamed you, and now you have to face them and defend yourself? So then what do we think? I'm going to tear them apart with this argument. I'm going to give it right back to them. But if you speak to them in that manner, are you going to get anywhere? No. You know why? Because when you're dealing with someone and their ego, their ego is very awake, then there's no winning. There is no winning at all. So what do you have to do? You have to really stay calm in that conversation. right? You have to control yourself, stay humble, stay soft and gentle in your speech. Because if you try to show any arrogance or pride towards them, they're not going to tolerate it. Just imagine a boss okay, that is very, who doesn't really know what's going on, very absent-minded, and when they realize things are not in order, they blame their employees. And now the employee has to go and defend himself. And he says, you know what, I'm not scared of him. I can tear him apart. Okay, he goes and does that. What, what's going to happen? The boss will say, you're fired. Get out of here. Lose, right? You lose. Now imagine Fir'aun, if Musa salam would speak to him harshly, Fir'aun, who doesn't think logically, who just thinks that he's the biggest thing in the world, what is he going to do? What is he going to do? He's going to become even more arrogant. He's going to show his greatness to Musa salam, right? So Musa salam is told, this is your strategy. And what is that? Speak to him softly. Speak to Fir'aun softly. Because speaking to someone who is arrogant softly, this is not intuitive. It doesn't come naturally. Alright? Or when you're dealing with someone who is very angry and mad and crazy, then speaking to them in a nice way, that doesn't come intuitively. You have to kind of think about it and decide and make yourself, you know, consciously speak in a nice way to them. That's the only way you can get through to that person. So this is a strategy that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives to Musa alayhi salam. In Surah An-Nahla 125 also we learn Udru ila sabili rabbika bil hikmati wal mawridati al-hasana When you're doing da'wah use wisdom good words Qala both of them Musa alayhi salam Harun alayhi salam they said Rabbana O oh our Lord innana nakhafu we are afraid we are afraid an yafruta alayna that he will hasten against us aw an yatgha or that he will transgress Look at how Truthful and honest Musa is. You know, this is what we're afraid of. He's acknowledging, I'm afraid. And there's nothing wrong in acknowledging your fears, your worries. He says, we're afraid that, أَنْ يَفْرُطَ عَلَيْنَا يَفْرُطَ فَمْ فَرَطَ 
And ifrat is to hasten, to rush into doing something without even thinking. So in other words, they're saying that we're afraid he's going to act too quickly. As soon as he will see me, Oh Musa, wanted man, we wanted to kill him, we wanted to take revenge from him. Okay, he's here, don't listen to him, just put him behind bars and finish him off. He will be too quick in hurting us. This is what we're afraid of. Or he will transgress. He will transgress even more against the Bani Israel. Or he will transgress in dealing with us. Qala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, La takhafa. Don't you both be afraid. Don't fear. Why? Why? Because that fear is not real? It's baseless? No. There's some basis for that fear. Then why? Why not fear? Because in the nimarakuma, the danger is real. However, remember that in the nimarakuma, I am with you. Asmaru, I hear wa ara and I see. Very comforting words. I am with you. I hear and I see. You know, Allah subhanahu wa taala, when you realize His attributes and when you believe in His attributes, then that is when you truly love Allah. Knowing that your God sees you, He hears you, this is the best awareness. That whatever situation I'm in, whatever I say, or whatever is said to me, Allah has heard it. And wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, or whatever is being done to me, Allah is seeing that, Allah is a witness. Allah is a witness to this, then that is sufficient for me. Then you know what? I don't need to fear that somebody's going to take my rights away from me or they're going to oppress me because Allah saw what happened. And Allah is just. He will bring justice. إِنَّنِي مَعَكُمَا أَسْمَعُ وَأَرَى I hear and I see. فَأْتِيَاهُ Both of you go to him. فَقُولَا And both of you say, إِنَّا رَسُولَ رَبِّكَ We are both messengers of your Lord. فَأَرْسِلْ مَعَنَا Then send with us Bani Israel, the Bani Israel. Let them go. Let them go back to their home. وَلَا تُعَذِّبْهُمْ And don't punish them, O Fir'aun. Don't torture them by imposing hard labor on them, by killing their children. قَدْ جِئْنَاكَ بِآيَةٍ We have come to you with a sign مِنْ رَبِّكَ from your Lord. Meaning we have miracles. If you want to see something as proof of our truthfulness, okay, we can show you something. وَالسَّلَامُ And may peace be عَلَىٰ on مَنِ اتَّبَعَ الْهُدَىٰ On the one who follows guidance. What positive words. This is da'wah. Don't threaten, but be welcoming. Don't be threatening. Don't attack. Look at the words of Musa salam that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught him. Tell them who you are. إِنَّ رَسُولَ Rabbik. Tell them why you have come. Please let the Bani Israel go. The reason behind that. لَا تُعَذِّبْهُمْ You want proof? قَدْ جِئْنَاكَ بِآيَةٍ مِنْ رَبِّكَ and what's the benefit? وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَى مَنِ اتَّبَعَ الْهُدَى The one who follows the right guidance, may peace be on him in this world and also in the hereafter. And this was the way of the Prophet ﷺ as well. That when he sent a letter to Hiraqal, this was written in the letter, وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَى مَنِ اتَّبَعَ الْهُدَى So in this is kind of good news. If you follow, may peace be on you. Musa ﷺ is the only one who could perform those miracles. All right? And Harun ﷺ, he was... Also a prophet, alright, but he was not given those miracles. 
Okay. He was wazir. He was a helper to Musa a.s. And this is also a special honor given to Musa a.s. That his helper was also a prophet. Because if you think about it, other prophets, their helpers were? Their companions, believers. So on the one hand, there is good news. And on the other hand, there is warning also. Inna indeed we qad uhiya ilayna. Revelation has been given to us that Annal Adaba, that punishment Allah is on who? Man Kadaba Watawalla, on the one who denies and turns away. Balanced Dawa. Good news and also a warning. And this is an honest conveying. Not that a person only emphasizes on good news or only emphasizes on the warning. Present reality as it is.